0: Life
1: is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one Crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.
2: Hello, and welcome to another episode of I Weigh with Jamila Jamil. How are you? I'm okay. I thought the week before Valentine's Day, what the world needs is to hear... Two people falling at least in friend love with each other. And so in this next hour, you're going to hear me and my guest, London Hughes. You may know her from her hit new Netflix comedy special, To Catch a Dick, and all of the other many shows she now has on Netflix. Uh, we we've fall in friend love on this episode. We learn so much about each other and how similar we were and how much we wish we'd known each other when we were younger and struggling with our teens and struggling with other kids this is an episode with so much in it. It's such an emotional roller coaster. You will start crying and then you will end laughing and learning some fantastic sex tips, which were unexpected at the end. Um, she's been through so much and she's such a shining light for perseverance and self belief. She was rejected in this industry for like 11 years. So many doors slammed in her face and she just kept going. So if you are someone who is in doubt or feeling rejected or feeling like maybe you're going to give up, this is the episode that you need because her story is so inspiring. And now here she is over a decade later, absolutely fucking smashing it in the world. And she's happy and she's confident and. The journey to her getting there is one that will just uplift you so much. She should be everyone's best friend. She's so accessible and fun and funny and ridiculous and humane and human and cool. I love her. Her name's London Hughes. And if you don't know, you should get to know. Enjoy. Enjoy. London, Dion, Misha, Stacy, <laughs> Stephanie, Astina, Nibs, Hughes. Oh my Welcome God! Welcome to I Weigh. Yay! You did
3: that so well. I am so proud of you. Most people fuck up. Am I allowed to sweat?
2: Sorry, I already swore. Oh, no, no. Of you can. This is my podcast. Most
3: people <laughs> mess up on, on one
2: of them. No. Fluent. I know what I'm doing. You're
3: fluent in my names. I'm
2: a big fan. Thanks, babe. How good are time. you? I'm
3: good. How are you, Queen?
2: I'm good. I'm yes. good. It's so fun to have you here. To for having me. Wow. Okay. So <laughs> a year ago, you moved to Los Angeles yeah. and you were coming here because you had all these exciting things lined up. You'd sold a bunch of shows yep. and movies. Yeah. You had a big Netflix special. You just killed it at Edinburgh yep. like the summer before 2019. Yeah. And all then these you get here. And then a pandemic hits. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then we we see the death of George Floyd, the murder of George Floyd oh, good, yeah. and Armad Arbery yeah. and the rise of Black Lives Matter, yeah. all while you are sitting here on your own, mm-hmm. not really knowing anyone, mm-hmm. having no mates, no mm-hmm. contacts out here other than your management. <laughs> and then you sat here for one year <laughs> while all of your dreams were coming true, <laughs> alone in a hotel room. How the fuck are you?
3: I'm good. <laughs> Do you know what? It's you when you break it down like yeah. that. It's fucking sad. I can't, but it's just, it's a lot. It's it's a a lot lot to unpack. Yeah, so I I came to Los Angeles in February uh, 2020. And two weeks before I got here, it was great. I mean, two weeks before the pandemic, it was great because I was just like, I'm in America, live my best life. Everything's going to be fine. I've got all these things lined up. And then, yeah, it hit, you know... End of Feb, early March, and everything shut down one by one by one by one, and I was just stuck out here, and I couldn't go back to the UK because I didn't know if I went back to the UK, they'd even allow me back in America, mm-hmm. and then I didn't know what's happening, and then I had this Netflix special that Kevin Hart was pro- supposed to be except exec producing, and then that just went no. <laughs> like, see, ya, there's a question mark. It may happen, but who knows when comedy is allowed on Earth again? Yeah. And then I had, um, yeah, these movies that I was like preparing to pitch, and then I couldn't pitch them because everything closed down and Hollywood closed down. And you sold a pilot.
0: I had pilot, got pilot
3: as soon as I got here. And then obviously all the pilots, all pilot season, everything that was supposed to be happening didn't. And I was just stuck in limbo in Los Angeles in the sunshine. And then there was a race war. So then that was like, I was like, it's fine. I'm stuck in this global pandemic, but I'm in America where the sun is shining in Los Angeles every day and it's great. Then there was the race war and like... Police cars
2: were on fire. Police cars
3: were on fire. Yeah. I'm black also. I don't know if you could tell, um, but I'm a black person. So like being black in America
2: is being not Being a black I'm, woman specifically. Yeah, it's not
3: something I've, I was prepared yeah. for. So when all this stuff happens in America, it's really sad and we feel it in the UK. Um, and I've gone on protest for Black Lives Matter whilst being in the UK. But you're in the UK where the police don't have guns. So even though you're sad for your American family cousins across the pond you're also aware that you're in the UK this is the first time I'd experienced that all the stuff going on in America whilst actually also being in America it was crazy
2: yeah Yeah. it was crazy and again like I said the the reason I brought up specifically being a woman is that one of the names that I forgot to mention at the top is Brianna Taylor yep
3: yep do you know what? It was kind of crazy because I'm such a positive person, and I was getting through the pandemic perfectly fine because I kind of it kind of felt cool to be in a global pandemic for a bit,
2: and it didn't feel like it was going to last. It very didn't long. feel like We'd it was going to last. It was going to be a month, and
3: then yeah, would be fine. And, and also, I saw... was jealous of Britain because I felt like I was missing out on British history. So, like all the every Thursday, they would clap for the NHS, and I'm in LA, and I'd be clapping from LA because I just felt. Uh, when I tell my grandkids, if I ever have children, about this, I want to say, I remember when this happened. But because I was in LA, I kind of felt left out of British history and all mm-hmm. the stuff that was going on. So I was kind of, like, jealous that, like, I was in a global pandemic in a completely different country mm-hmm. that didn't have little things where they clapped for the NHS. They don't even had free healthcare. So there we go. So I was just very much like, oh, this is... We've all just been booing the healthcare system yeah. in America <laughs> every like, Thursday. <laughs> Every week. But, yeah, it was just weird. And then... It wasn't scary, but then when the, the George Floyd died, that's when it got scary. That's when I was like, what am I doing here? Maybe mm. I should go home. And then there was California wildfires and ash was falling from the sky and I'm asthmatic. So that wasn't fun either. So I've been through it. I've yeah. been through it. I'm still here, but I went through it. It was It was eight months of purgatory.
2: It was crazy. it's so it's so bizarre to imagine just what that must feel like of having all of your dreams come true, because I really want to get into this with you because I think you've had such an inspiring and interesting and moving journey. Uh, towards where you are now where like you know I think a lot of people are just seeing you now just meeting you now just seeing your Netflix special everywhere yeah. pictures of you looking like you're about to flate a microphone yeah everywhere, yep. everywhere. Yep. in Times Square there's yeah. a picture of a you picture of me about to suck off a microphone about to suck off a microphone <laughs> <laughs> in Times but, Square right but, now but I think people don't know how long you have been in the game yeah um, so I want to get into that
3: well here's the thing like America doesn't know because why would they I literally got here yeah. a year ago and I'm that new chick that's popping up on everything. But the UK should know because I've been doing comedy since 2009. And I've, comedy has paid my bit. Like some people like dabble in comedy and then they're like work a nine to five or they mm-hmm. dabble. I have been solidly making people laugh for 11 years to the point where I've never had to get another job. I've been lucky enough that I've been able to do, whether it was presenting or stand up or acting. The world of comedy has paid me and I've, I've, I've been very happy to do it. But the problem was, and it's a huge problem in Britain, and I've been so vocal about it, mean because I don't want it to happen anymore. I don't want it to happen to the next future of black funny girls out there. But basically, black women are so... So not just in comedy, so overlooked, so undervalued, so just like an afterthought, or just seen as, a, as something that's super niche. I
2: hope you're not. I hope you're not insinuating that the UK has any racism because the I media mean, have been very clear uh, yes, the that UK there's, been no, there's no racist. racism so there's whatsoever. No, no yeah. we just don't like Meghan we, Markle. Hey, 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 hey Meghan Markle brought it on to do herself. with the fact that she's the only black woman in there's the history of the royal. Nothing probably. to do with that. And so I hope that's not where yes, where you're going. I with am this, not London. saying
3: that Brun is racist. Definitely is. Exactly. No,
2: it was you, it was your fault. It's yeah, it's me. Cause it was I was yeah. born black and a
3: woman. How dare you? And I decided to do comedy. <laughs> I should have been a nurse. Because I would have gotten a job that way. Like it's crazy. Basically, uh, it's so hard for black women to be seen as stars in Britain, I believe. And I'm saying this because out of love because there are so many black women that deserve to be stars. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want people to think that there aren't. There are very talented black women out there
2: that aren't getting their shine. And but for- a lot of them had to come to America to really feel the benefits of that shine. Look at Tandy Newton. Look yeah. At, um, look at. uh You and I were talking about how much we love Marianne Mm -hmm. Jean-Baptiste. Yeah. Who a lot of people think is American. American, Because she's she's always playing Americans over in America. Uh, Same thing with Estelle. Yeah. Estelle came over like, we, you know, some people loved Estelle in the UK. but she she didn't get that shine. But she didn't get that shine until she moved to America. Oh my God, Estelle. And she stayed in America. Because
3: why would you go back? She literally like, do you know what? (laughs) With Estelle, because I remember when that happened. Estelle, I'm a huge fan of, I was a huge fan of Estelle before American Boy. And like... She just reminded me of, like, all the older girls I knew growing up in my area. Yeah. I don't even know if she's from South London, because I am. But she was just like, I like her. And people used to say we looked alike, so I kind of was into her music. And what a hilarious
2: reason to be into her music. Because I
3: was like, because she looks like me. I'm like, hey, <laughs> you look like a cell. And then I started listening to her music. And then I remember what happened with American Boy and Kanye West just taking her mm-hmm. and that song being huge. And me being like, that would never have happened if she never went. Mm-hmm. There's no way. Mm-hmm. Like, the biggest... The, we're just talking about music right now, but the biggest soul singer in Britain is a white woman.
2: Adele. Yeah.
3: That says something. Yeah. It says something that, and I bloody love Adele. She deserves it. But like, there's not even like someone yeah, half other, as famous as Adele. True. And other R&B singers,
2: Sinead Hartnett, who isn't black. Isn't uh, Jess black. Jess is black, uh,
3: black. Dua Lipa isn't black. Uh, Jess Glynn, Becky Hill. They're all, none of that. Yeah. Anne-Marie all white women yeah now there's nothing wrong with those women because they're talented but you mean to tell me beverly knight mm-hmm. well what do you know what I mean what beverly there's yeah. so many what about alexandra burke what where's she gone i know what about <laughs> not even that ray black like yeah. these black female stars never got to shine and so they just get they get
2: built up to a certain level and then you don't hear from them again and I'd also like to clear up a misunderstanding that, that you kind of went through publicly uh, oh in God, 2019 please. where you were talking about this just being like we don't have enough or any like I think you said any but I think you meant enough like well, the headline breakout stars right and, yeah. you, and, and, and you were talking about people who were recognised globally mm-hmm. who'd come from Britain who'd done their work in Britain and were recognised around the world yeah. and people took that as if you were Saying a that you were that, which you were not saying <laughs> no. that you'd only just had your big breakout moment at Edinburgh um, Festival, but also you were just pointing out that even these women who then got you know because I think people then started bringing up like woman after woman after woman, black woman uh, that that they felt um had been very successful and indeed those women were successful, but you were still pointing out that those people still weren't known globally, yes, or even known that much outside of black. Yeah, so I
3: basically, I did an interview for The the Guardian and the headline was, there are no black female household names in Britain apart from Naomi Campbell. And that's basically why I still stand by that. Naomi Campbell is the only black British woman... Who's a global... Who's a global sensation... Who is black and British and global? Like you would say Naomi Campbell in Africa, in Italy, in America, mm-hmm. and they'll know who you're talking about. And you don't even need to say her surname; you could just say Naomi. And mm-hmm. you don't like yeah. I would argue Naomi that. Watts is fucked. <laughs> her she has to say it. Yeah, I'd also argue that Scary Spice as well is another one. Mel B, yeah. but she was part of a group. I'm talking about solo, just being famous for herself, the work she yeah. did. And I said it, and I still stand by it. And it's not because Blood's not any black female talent. It's just because they're not celebrated. So, for example, we have Idris Elba. There's so many black female actors that could be as famous as Idris yeah. Elba Yeah, Idris
2: Elba or Daniel Kaluuya. Or Daniel Kaluuya, Daniel Kaluuya or John Boyega.
3: Yeah. There's yeah. Look at all these black male actors that get... You know, they're on the front cover of magazines. They're the hottest men in the world. They're this, they're that. Mm -hmm. So where are the black female And same with dark-skinned
2: male musicians, like Stormzy, for example. Stormzy, Skepta, Skepta,
3: all these celebrated black men. And God bless Michaela Cole because I mm-hmm. feel like she's the only one yeah. that the two of you are flying the flags yeah right now. <laughs> me and Mika God bless us because that's it because and it's not <laughs> like there's not there's Wumi. oh my god there's so many amazing yeah. Letitia Wumi there's so many amazing black women Susie, Susie Wakoma and like, Lolly Adafope, Loli Adafope, Loli Adafope. Who's, who's now breaking out
2: across America with Drill and, like, and
3: oh my god and I'm like give them their shine exactly that's, and so I've been very loud so before I broke out in America I found loads of like if you just did a deep dive in my old tweets you'd find a lot of tweets from me going why aren't black women giving their shine and if i get big i'm gonna go to america and i bet they'll respect me more and i bet i get my own tv show in america before i get one in the uk and deep down i didn't want that to be true and Mm -hmm. it's true and the moment i realized that I had to leave Britain was when uh, it was not that long ago it was two years ago I'd been doing um, a lot of uh, children's television so God bless children's TV because it kept me afloat I was uh, presenting a show called Scrambled on CITV weekend mornings and uh, it was me and three other white people and it was great it was a great show I loved doing it I got to be funny and entertain the children ask the kids about me that sounds paedophilic but you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> ask your kids they'll know who I am right so that was my thing and I was doing stand-up and I was doing I was in flea bag. I was doing bit comedy stuff I was on panel shows and I recently did a show called Celebs Go Dating which was a reality tv show where celebrities like myself got to date members of the public and the show did so well that a lot of entertainment people kept asking me what do you want to do now like what's your next entertainment thing and I said I really wanted to do a travel show and uh in the past, a lot of male comics get to do travel shows. Um, they would just, like, go around the country, oh, yeah, go around Richard Iowide's got one. Richard Iowide yeah. had one called Travel Man. Um, there's, like, been shows where Ramesh Ranganathan went, uh, went to, uh, around the world with his mom, And there's the other male comics have been able to do travel shows, but women comics aren't really seen doing them. So I was like, I want to do a travel show. And I want to do one with Whoopi Goldberg. Because oh, for me...
2: I love that. Whoopi is like she's the, god
3: the, yeah she is everything i aspire
2: to be i am um, i risked disease right. by uh climbing down onto the hollywood Walk of Fame right. um, and kissing Whoopi Goldberg star. Wow! The only, and there's actually a photograph I got to show Whoopi Goldberg on her show uh, of me spooning her star. Oh That's my how much god! Of a freak. I, am. I love that! Yeah, when I, I was in my early 20s. She's like my, because growing up, she was like the first hilarious. Hilarious woman of colour black woman that yep. I saw and as a young brown girl all I had was black women yep. to look up to yep. and so Whoopi was my everything Same. like Jumping Jack Flash oh and my God. Ghost and everything else that she, she did she was so hysterical Sister Act Sister Christ Act
3: her. I feel like it changed everything yep. Sister Act is, is a movie film that is like 80% 90% black but mm-hmm. you would never call it a black film it's like she was trans race like Whoopi Goldberg was just she was comedy she wasn't she wasn't seen as a black a woman comic She's yeah. like, just, she just is comedy she was just she an in entity it. Yeah. right so I was like you know pulling, pulling it out my ass if I could have my own travel show I'd do one with Whoopi Goldberg and I would go to America and try and do everything she did to make it in comedy because I want to be the British Whoopi Goldberg mm-hmm. and uh, I told this co- to, this show I did to a company they said this sounds amazing they went to Whoopi Whoopi said yes so <sighs> Whoopi agreed so we filmed the the, tra- the teaser with me and Whoopi. Shut the fuck up. I could up. show you it on my phone. Oh my God. And Whoopi Goldberg's like, hey, London, it's Whoopi. You need to get your ass to America because you said you want to be a comedy queen like me. You, I'll give you 24 hours to get here and we're going to do it. And it's going to be a show, it's called Looking for Whoopi. And it's going to be a show where I go to America to try and be the next Whoopi Goldberg, coached by Whoopi herself. Whoopi said yes. Whoopi's in the teaser. So we have it. No TV channel... In Britain, wanted it. Not one. Are you fucking kidding me? Not one. Not one. I couldn't believe that in 2018, I had a show with Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg is, said yes, she's in the fucking teaser. It's not even like she's just a dream that I'm like just chatting shit. She's there in the teaser. And no, every single channel we pitched it to looked at that and said, nah, got winner and me. And I said, if I can't even get a show of Whoopi Goldberg off the ground, then what business have I got doing
2: comedy in Britain? So that was your sort of rock bottom. See you like-
3: later. See, I was like, Bye. Bye! Why am I here? I've been doing comedy for 10 years. I've reached the level in my career where Whoopi Goldberg's agreed to do a TV show with me. Jesus. And nobody wants to make it. Later. Bye. <laughs> and that was it. I, and from then I got my visa in America. I started coming out to the to America for auditions. And I and I just had my sights set on the states. Because it felt like I completed it. I was like, I've completed it, I've reached the boss level in comedy in Britain and I can't defeat this boss because of racism, because of systemic racism. Mm -hmm. So what am I going to do? Racism and misogyny. And misogyny, misogynoir, when racism meets misogyny. So for me, I had to leave. Otherwise, I would go insane. And yeah, that was the main reason that I, that was the... Yeah, that was it. I, I remember when the when I was trying to get that show off the ground, it never happened, and then that Christmas, Sister Act was on telly, and um, I was drunk, I was, I was just in my feelings, and I was watching Sister Act, and I was just crying. Just crying. And then I did a tweet, and that tweet went viral, and I basically said, I think it's funny that in 2018 I had a show, a travel show of Whoopi Goldberg, and no TV channels wanted it. British comedy, let's have women doing travel shows and not just men and their mothers. And, um... That went viral and a lot of other female comics came forward and said, you know what, I had a travel show idea with this person and it said no. And I had a travel show and it said no. And it changed and The Guardian did like a whole thing on it. And now there are female comedy travel shows or more being made. Um, But until that tweet, people didn't realise how the gatekeepers in in British entertainment and British television... Who
2: are all old white men. Who are
3: all old white men are stopping... Like, it's sad. I could cry. I could actually, ugh, I could cry. No, I'm not going to cry. I'm holding it back. Oh, fucking oh, She's Jesus. actually crying. <laughs> oh, because I remember how sad I was. Yeah. I just remember, like, if anyone could say, you know, like, to nine year old me, like, Whoopi Goldberg's going to agree to do a TV show with you and it's not going to get made. And it's not due to your lack of talent. It's literally due to, like, some stupidness that people have decided what's what classes is comedy or what classes is
2: stories that should be told. What classes is fucking talent? Yeah. It's just crazy. because of COVID, I can't hug you, but let's just touch the (laughs) glass. (laughs) I'm touching the
3: glass. Yeah. I only, I'm just remembering how sad I was. I mean, I'm a bad bitch now. I'm all over Netflix. Thank God. (laughs) You are literally all over Netflix. You're on
2: two different fucking (laughs) shows.
3: (laughs) 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 But, 2018 London God bless her she was a trier
2: I love the fact that you have been a voice for calling out the industry calling the industry in to be better you know you love the industry you see what it can do you just want it to allow people who look like you in for God's sake and not
3: just as a tick box for real like actually care
2: about us I was a tick box, I think maybe. Um, I'm, I'm no. a
3: tick box. It's okay, I'm a tick box. Just, like we're fucking great tick boxes, though. Trust yeah. me, because we're tick boxes that have been on TV for years. So we had to have been good. We may have got in as a tick box, yeah, but we remain. We, to, remained. To stay. we yeah.
2: stayed yeah, the tick boxes. We're top tier tick boxes. Thank you very much. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash iWay today to get 10% off your first
0: month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash iWay. Want to make Mom's Day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London.
2: The reason I wanted you on this podcast, for many reasons, other than the fact that I think you're just delightful, hilarious, and I'm so excited about you, but also because I think that. The year has just been dealt a massive fucking shit on a plate, right? Yeah. You know, and this generation who are just coming into their adulthood, who were the generation most told you can be anything you want, you can yeah. have anything you want. Yeah. All of a sudden are being told you can't have shit and the government aren't going to give you anything. I know. And so for you to have gone through over a decade of rejection <laughs> and and to keep finding the strength and the lack of ego and the lack of pride to just keep going, to find that determination to make your own way, to know that there is no seat at the table for you, yeah. and how the fuck you spent a, te- a decade yeah. building your own table. I think that that is the story that the world needs to hear, especially young women, especially young black women. It's, true. it's something that I find so exciting about you. Where did that drive come from? Like I when you took all those knocks, because I mean, there have been more knocks than
0: you've even that just told I've you about. I've had
3: more knocks than yeah. I've had wins. It's mainly because. I know better. Like, it was just... It was like... It's... Okay. I love stories about people that get told no. And I'm... I was obsessed with those kind of stories because the people... You can't get told no no forever. You can't. So people, for example... J.K. Rowling, I found out that it took her 15 rejections of Harry Potter to mm-hmm. get Harry Potter. So there are 14 other publications that said no to her. Yeah. And I'm just like, wow. There and is she's... a
2: man who is famous for turning down the Beatles. That's the only thing he's done in his life. Wow. Is turned down the Beatles and now he's famous. Wow. See, Not... this is
3: the thing. Like even Simon Cowell's story, he, he got rejected. Richard Branson's story. So in my head, I'm like, Oprah's goddamn story. So I was just like, that girl that would just like take all this information of all the people that I respect or whose careers I admire mm-hmm. and seen that they've had a lot of no's. So I just felt like no's were just part of the journey. So every no made me better. I am so grateful for all the no's. If I'd have just had yeses, I would not be where I am today. Mm-hmm. I needed the no's. So every time I got a no, I did better. So for example, the biggest and best no I've ever had is um, basically I was trying to... I was watching a lot of American comedy and I was watching the rise and rise of people like Amy Schumer uh, for sketch comedy because she had a show, The Amy Schumer Show, and it was all about her, but she was doing sketches and she was funny. And their Broad City, they had um, Abby and Alana and they were just like funny, cool, sketchy, mm-hmm. loose girls just living in it. And then Issa Rae had... Um, uh, Uh, Awkward Black Girl. Yeah, Yeah. Awkward Black Girl. And she was just like living in it. But we didn't have anything like that in Britain. So I was like, what about young female comedy? Mm Because as a kid growing up, all the female comics I knew were older. We had like the famous ones. We had Ruby Wax. (laughs) We had Joe Brand. Uh,
2: They were all older. I was like, what about girls in their 20s that want to do comedy? Also, you and I grew up in a time where we watched a lot of telly and that telly that was about young it was again I don't think I saw anything about young Indians but young black children at least and African American kids was always about it was always the Americans it was Moesha sister sister sister, sister, one on one that's so Raven my wife and kids like so all of those shows we grew up on they didn't have anything like that for young kids like unless the only time you ever saw teenagers in UK programming who were black it was always in some sort of them being initiated into gang culture
0: culture. yeah and, and
2: look there's a place for that and an importance for that story to be told because that is the story of some black people in yeah. the UK but not all but not all not yours not mine no. I tell
3: you no one I know but that's the thing I, I kind of was like I look for what there isn't and so I try and make that so I came up with this sketch series called No Filter and it was just like all my thoughts in sketch form. And I wrote all the sketches. I wrote 25 sketches and I took it to the BBC. And at that time, I'd already had my fifth TV show rejected, I think. And I'd been popping up on different TV shows. I think I'd been in Fleabag by then. And um, I was like a comedy, known comedy person. I just never had a vehicle. So I was like, this is my vehicle. I'll do a sketch show. And uh, BBC said no. And when they said no, I was so frustrated Because it was so easily like these sketches were so easy to have done. They could even put it online. I didn't even want it on TV. I was like, "What about online?" They said no. So I said, "Okay, cool. I'll do it myself." So I uh, wrote the sketches. I got my friends to star in them. I directed them, and I started seeing this guy who just so happened to be a cinematographer, and he filmed them, and we put them on YouTube, and they didn't do well. Like one of them had like three thousand views or four thousand views. Because I wasn't a big influencer, I wasn't a huge YouTuber so it was my first YouTube project and yeah, a couple thousand views and um, one day a management company uh, in LA was like on YouTube and they got stuck in a YouTube hole and they discovered No Filter and they were like a woman called Chanel Hardy was like, who's this girl? She's great. And they got in contact with my UK agent. And that's how I got signed in America. Because I got rejected and put my shit on YouTube. It didn't even go viral. But someone out there discovered them. And if, the, if, Love that. if BBC hadn't have said no, I wouldn't have put it on YouTube. And I wouldn't have an American manager. So it was just kind of like every failure actually did me a favour And and you're with that manager now. I'm still with her now. I just bought her a Chanel bag for Christmas.
2: Amen. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Her her very first Chanel bag for Christmas. And so, (laughs) and so then last summer, you, I mean, before I go into this, were there any moments where you were like, maybe I am shit? No. Amazing. Never. Amazing.
3: (laughs) I fucking love you. (laughs)
2: Because I see mine's been the opposite. Mine has been like, I'm shit, but I'm going to just try anyway. Good for you, man. And so I don't like, you know, when people are like, what do you do with imposter syndrome? What do you do with imposter syndrome? I'm like, I just allow it. I just allow the, I don't fight the imposter syndrome. I'm like, you know what? I am a fucking imposter. I'm going to do it anyway. Because why would I turn, why would I turn down the chance to try? And even if it's embarrassing, at least it'll be a funny story at the pub or when I'm old. At least it'll be a really funny story about how I got into this TV show with like Ted Dancing and I ruined the whole thing and it got zero stars and I ended Ted Dancers' career be Hilarious so funny. later. I think that's <laughs> Not a good right attitude now. to have to be honest. So we have the opposite and yet we're still doing the same stuff. But- and I think that's also good for people to hear that you don't have to have uh you don't have to have complete like humility or like almost damaging levels of self-deprecation like myself uh and you also don't have to have perfect confidence no like London did where does this self-belief like where does this lack of doubt come from apart from the fact that you're looking at shit people do well well this is the thing I never had it
3: all the way through so like in school I got bullied a lot um, And I didn't realise I was pretty. I still have that. I don't think I'm pretty. Like, I'll go on stage you're and... you pretty. Thank you. Oh, ditto, but like, come on. But I'll go on stage <laughs> and I'll be like, I'm a hot, I'm a queen, da 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 But I don't know if I truly, truly believe it. I know my personality is killer. What were you bullied about? I mainly got bullied about... I had really bad eczema as a kid and, like, kids would call me crispy chicken. So, <laughs> like... <laughs> I was bullying about my ex, eczema and like... Sorry. Yeah, no, it's fine. I'm good now. I'm good now. I'm Look at Kimmy trying to, to suppress her laugh. I like, yeah, what? they would call me KFC. <laughs> they would call me KFC. Kids are cruel. So I had that, but like... I genuinely. <laughs> I, 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 I was going But I genuinely I was called
2: Fat Packy at school, which is oh, way less creative. Way was, less. Way less creative. Neither. No, she should have called you Chris. No, but you know what? I owned it. When someone new would join the school and I'd be like, Fat Packy, I'd be like, ah, oh, she knows about me. She, oh, knows, she, knows she knows my name. She knows. I'm, I can turn any turd into gold oh my in God. my mind. <laughs>
3: Sorry. <Jesus laughs> no, but God. it's true. You've got to fight. Like, yeah. I was just, I would. So it was eczema. It was eczema, what else? I was really nerdy. I was, uh, I, I used to write. Frasier fan fiction Mm -hmm. I used to (laughs) I was that girl that just like really wanted to do well really nerdy eczema I just wasn't cool and I tried to be cool and I tried to be friends with the popular girls What ways did you
2: try and be cool in? I'm so curious because I I tried to be cool as well but I want to hear about this from
3: you Well like the popular girls were mainly the black girls in my school and I the black girls in my school all could like they all liked Sean Paul and they all liked like grinding and whining and dancing and they would like listen to rap and swear and wear jewellery and gold and stuff and... Mm -hmm. I tried to do all that. It wasn't really me. I was forcing it because it's not me. I'm not that girl. But I was thinking that's what it is to be cool so I'm going to try and be like that. And I guess the cool kids saw straight through it because they would
2: bully the hell out of me. And Were you it. more of a kind of Corrine Bailey rare girl puts your record yes, on Yes, I was more Corrine. Right. I, I understand. No, I mean, I liked, <laughs> yeah. I liked what I liked. Less I less like cantrell.
3: Yeah, I like red
2: courage. hot chilli peppers. Yeah. I, I loved
3: the red hot chilli peppers. I loved red hot chilli peppers. <laughs> peppers. Like, I wasn't, I was like, Oh we come God. in all different shapes and sizes black people I was, I was called a t- bounty I was, I was called a bounty <laughs> I was called a bounty like I, and it and I felt like I wasn't black enough London why didn't we become I friends No. I why didn't know. I meet you when
2: I was 14
3: we would have been so you? cool
0: we no would've we would have been, been, been so uncool no, that we would have been, been cool in our own
2: way <laughs> That? I love Frasier I, to, I, I know the lines to the entire show. Of course, my boyfriend when, when we were watching your special together, he stopped the tape and was like, "She's she's you. You're the same. You're the same. You have to meet her because she's she's you." Well, then we this is and, the thing, and then we did. Yeah, was it before
3: or after I deep throat the microphone. It was <laughs> before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, shy, I'm shyer than you. Okay, no cool. <laughs> Okay, great. Good to know. But yeah, um, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't fit in. I tried and I, I had really low self-esteem and I felt that my self-esteem was basically in the hands of these popular girls. So if the popular girls liked me, then I liked me. If they didn't like me, I didn't like me. Mm-hmm. And I spent, and I spent a lot of time trying to make them like me and, uh, it was hard, you know, because you just lose yourself. You lose what you think is cool. You you throw out your your red hot chili peppers for blue cantrell It's just it is what it is, and I I was being a fake version of myself and. This lasted all the way to university. So in university, I got bullied at 18, 19. I was living with girls in a house and uh, a uni house. And they were so horrible to me. They had Facebook had just been invented and they came up with this Facebook group. Um I went to Kingston University and they had this thing called Kingston University Uncovered where they would just talk shit about different girls in this Uni, oh. and it would be a Facebook group page, and I was like the poster child of that. Like the amount of shit that was spoken about me. Like she's so ugly. Uh, what? Like just just lies. There was lies. They were so obviously lies people would look at it and go, I "Bet that happened." And it would just be like she. And that I, sounds I, like my life on the internet now. Yeah, it was just horrible. <laughs> yeah. I just got bullied on the internet, and I knew the girls who wrote yeah. it, but I'd never confronted them because I didn't like confrontation. So was it was
2: it quite passive aggressive girl on girl bullying? Yeah,
3: it was stuff like we don't think you should act like this they would have house meetings I would come home and they would be waiting there for me Oof. and they would just like lecture me on my life and tell me everything what do they I'm, think
2: was wrong with your life they,
3: they were like you talk to so I'm friends of everybody I'm nice to everyone so I would talk to guys all the time if they said hello to me they'd be like you talk to too many guys you're gonna people think you're a skit people think you're a hoe you do this you do that you, you don't wear enough like designer you don't do this <gasps> your, hair's, your hair looks shit your weave looks shit all that stuff and I used to work at TGI Fridays at the time and I would come home from work and TGI Fridays, those who, know, who work at TGI's know that you start work at eight and you finish work at one in the morning. I would come home at one in the morning and there'd be a party in my house that I'm not invited to. And I would like sit in my bedroom whilst everyone else was partying in oh my, my house. God. And I'd go downstairs and they'd be like, well, you'd even go back to, go back upstairs to the same for you. You're not invited. And it was in my house. Like yeah. that's the life I lived, and it was.
2: That's exactly why I didn't go to uni because that's what life was like for ew, me at school. Girls, girls are so can be many, bitches. Girls can be bitches. They're the worst. It's it's it's. I wouldn't say they're the worst. They're the worst. Willow, like, <laughs> no, we say can the be so worst. horrible to each other. <laughs> that is true. Women is can true. be
3: so. But basically, it was that that made me feel really, yeah. really bottom of the barrel. I remember being very depressed. I remember thinking like. What is my value? And why did I put so much of my value in other people's hands? And then I discovered stand-up comedy. And I remember the first time I thought I could be a comedian. It wasn't until... Basically, I'd only seen like white male comics like Lee Evans on stage. And I was like, I'm not a white man, so I can't do comedy. And I remember people being like, you, you, you're you not funny. like You can't do comedy. And I'd be like, yeah, maybe I can't. And then I watched... Um, uh, the Lenny Henry Show, and there's a comic on there called Jeannie Asheray, and she's hilarious. I
2: fucking love her. She's the best. She's still one of the funniest. She's still in the world. one of the
3: funniest female comics in the world. Yeah, and she de- she never got her shine. She also left for America. She's currently living ten minutes away from me, and uh, she left for America. Years ago, because uh, she never got a shot in the UK, but she was really good on this, on the Lenny Henry show. And I started imitating her and and people would laugh because I do a really good impression of one of the characters she did on the show. And it, and it made me feel like, oh, actually, I can make people laugh. And I started like doing little, saying funny things, saying outrageous things, making the bullies laugh, making my friends laugh. Right. And then.
2: And so in a way, it's kind of, it's. It's still that thing of taking your validation externally, but in a way where you feel more in control. Yeah,
3: because after I got a laugh from someone, it felt like validation, but I was the one that set, that put myself out there to get that laugh. Mm-hmm. So it kind of felt like I was in control. Yeah. And then we had this thing, we had a talent show, Kingston University's Got Talent, and everyone knew I could dance because I, I was that girl in the club that was always dancing and I was always having dance-offs with people. And one of the, like the people in charge of the talent show said could you do a dance at the show and I said sure only if you let me do stand up and he was like what are you talking about and I was like please I just let me I've got five minutes I've been working it out let me just try it and they were like okay only if you do a dance in the first half you could do stand up in the second half so in the first half I did a dance to Sierra like a boy Mm -hmm. and then I I came off stage killed it smashed it to pieces solo dance and then I went back on stage in the second half and did five minutes on the fact that men would rather play PlayStation than fuck me. And that got like, that got the biggest laugh I've ever had in my life. And that moment I said, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to make people laugh. And all my confidence came. All the confidence that went away, that the bullies teared down at me throughout school, secondary school, college and university. The moment I came off that stage after hearing cheers and applause from a five minute routine that was about you know, PlayStation, I kind of realised that this is what, this is how I'm going to get my confidence back by making people laugh and I just carried on doing it and I've made so many people laugh in my life that I'm a bad bitch now so my confidence (laughs) is through the roof because of all the people I've made laugh and now, yeah, thank you comedy. If it wasn't for comedy... I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be the girl you see before you.
2: And it's also amazing because I feel like there are so many people who would hear about the second half of that story, right? Like you're the girl who everyone knows who can dance. Like you're the girl who's like asked to come and dance at the talent show. You come on, you kill it. No one would presume that that girl is being bullied yeah. and has been bullied her whole time at school. And I think yeah. it's really important to hear about that because I also seemed like someone who was fine because I was the class clown. But, but again, not. so lonely, like the girl who would never get invited to anyone's birthdays. I remember we had 60 girls in our year and uh, I would often be the only girl out of 60 girls not invited to a birthday party Same. or a bat mitzvah. And so, and the one time I was, I was on crutches at the time because I used to fall over all the time. And I got, nice. I've, I've got a bone disease, so mm-hmm. I was just, I'm was fragile. So I was, um, I, was on, uh, I was on my crutches and I uh, was invited to this birthday party of the two coolest girls in the year. And I got dressed up for it. I went out shopping. I'd never really been like properly shopping before. Aww. Got myself some snakeskin Fl- like pleather which is plastic leather flared trousers Ooh. so already it's Ooh. not great uh, with a red crochet Crop top and my belly hanging out because oh, nice. I loved I loved my belly Very at the time. Chin, yeah, bang yeah, on yeah, the door, love it. Uh, and my hair in sixteen, not like braids, but like sixteen sort of Medusa plaits. Nice. So, uh, kind of the braid starting from the chin down. Yeah, it, it was a look. Yeah, a whole look. <laughs> it was a look. It felt more Halloween than okay. a birthday party. But you but felt good. It was just I was just owning my new style. I'd really made an effort. I turn up, everyone's like, "You look amazing," and I'm thinking. <laughs> I know (laughs) Um, and then they're like come onto the dance floor and I was like oh no because I'm on crutches and they were like no 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 oh my god you look amazing come onto the dance floor so I go onto the uh, I sit there and I go like oh no I don't sit there I, I kind of hobble literally onto the dance floor and I get into the middle of the dance floor and they take my crutches away right so now I'm only on one leg and obviously within a couple of seconds fall over and I'm lying on the ground Oh, God. All chubby and alone. Did no one help you out? No one helped me out. And everyone stood around me in a circle, pointing (gasps) and laughing at me. What did you do? I had to wait until the parents found out that I was on the floor. And then a couple of parents came and picked me up and carried me outside of the party and sat with me on the stoop until my mum came, like, to to turn the car around. come get me oh my god how old are you I was 12 maybe (gasps) when that happened
3: and you still remember it like it's
2: oh like it's yesterday like I I just tuned you out just now and I was right back there
3: so it's so funny I have the same kind of story birthday party story with that you have, but yours is way worse. But um, (laughs) Thank you. I love winning. Way worse. (laughs) Um, And they, but yeah, I had, I was the girl that never got invited to birthday parties and I had a birthday party and tried to invite all the popular girls, even though they never invited me to theirs, because I don't mind. As long as you can come to mine, it's fine. And my mum said, you can have it at Pizza Hut. And so I had this party at Pizza Hut and I, I made little cute little invitations. I gave them out and all the girls were like, hold on, hold on a sec. Is your mum paying for it or are we paying for it? And I was like... At the, t- at the age, we were, like, 14, so we were getting pocket money. So I was like, um, my mum's paying for drinks and dessert, but, like, you guys are going to have to have your own pizzas Because we invited, like, 20 people, and my mum wasn't made of money back then. Mm-hmm. And so she couldn't afford to pay pizzas for 20 girls, but you could, you know, we all had pocket money, and pizzas were like a fiver. So I was like, she's going to pay for dessert and get us all ice cream and unlimited ice cream and stuff and drinks, but, yeah, you're going to have to pay for your own pizzas. And all the popular girls were like, oh, no, this is ridiculous. We're not going, we're not going. And they staged the whole thing a whole coup against me and uh, decided to tell everyone not to come to my party. So my party still happened and it was me and my mum and a table of 20 empty seats and I was sitting there eating my pepperoni pizza My mum was, like, in disbelief that no one would turn up. She was like, they're going to show up. They're going to show up. And I was like, they're not. They made a whole fuss about it in PE. They're not going to come. And all of a sudden, the door opens, and 20 girls walk in, and it's all the girls that I invited, and they all walk in.
2: No, 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 (laughs) no. Don't, oh my God. They all walk in. No. They sit at a table opposite. These bitches. And they
3: order pizza and laugh at me the whole time. (laughs) So yeah, that's what happened to me. And they just laughed and I'm sitting a pizza with my mom and all the girls I invited are sitting literally on the other side of the restaurant laughing and they order a birthday one of them tells the staff that it's their birthday and they order a birthday they get a birthday uh, uh, ice cream with oh sparklers in it and they all sing happy birthday <laughs> and it's none of their birthdays they literally did it to laugh and joke at me and then I ran out crying and they burst out laughing 10 years later The girl, one of the girls who initiated that coup messaged me on Facebook to say her daughter loves me on CBBC. And I was like, "What? do you tell your daughter that you bullied her idol? Did you say that back? No, I was just gracious. I was like, thanks.
2: Okay, I think you're but you're bigger than me. But okay. if you're out there and you've been, Met, like, fucking hope. Like, If you've been savaged at school oh. by other girls, or
0: university, um, or college, or, or, or boys,
2: work. or non-binary people at your school, you know who you may have been bullied by. Like, just know there is a life. There is a whole, whole world outside of those fucking school and university, or even like temp office yeah. walls. Yeah. That you can get out and break out of, of the victim that you are, and break out of that situation. Situation and move forward with your life and yeah. find your fucking people. I've yeah. found my people now. I have found Jamila's people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Over in LA. <laughs> London's joined my yeah, bubble. I've joined Jamila's yeah. bubble. I'm very much <laughs> part of her clan. No, but you know, <laughs> like you've got your close mates and even back home, like yeah. we we found our place in the world, we found our voices, we found our people, and I fucking love stories like this. Yeah. Um, but that's that's really I'm really really sorry that that happened
3: I'm not I'm so glad it happened not to I mean obviously it was traumatic for both of us but I'm like yes because it made us who we are it made me who I was I feel sorry for all the girls that bullied me in, in in school because none of them for, I've seen some of their lives <laughs> and
2: they're not they're mm-hmm. not great so I feel like anyone who bad karma man you set yeah. yourself out bad karma and when also, you were young and you had the opportunity to not be a complete bell end yeah I never bullied anyone me neither I've been a bit of a cunt sometimes I've on Twitter never, I never no 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 I've been anyone. sassy I've been sassy back if someone's rude to me I'm rude back yeah but other I've than that. that I. but other than that I, I've never ever gone out of my way to hurt anyone's feelings or to harm anyone so, it wouldn't occur to me and I also really believe in juju yeah
3: yeah, I believe in back, karma, Karma, juju, yeah. all that stuff. Because I'm like, you get out what you put out. And I genuinely, there's a reason why some of the girls that bullied me, you know, are in prison. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance
2: Okay, next up, I would like to talk to you about your journey of being an uh, a proud and glorious and fabulous self proclaimed hoe. Ooh. It's what your special yes. is about. That's currently on Netflix. Yes, to catch a dick. To catch a dick. Yes. Also, the title of the show that did so well at Edinburgh. It was all, the most five star reviews at Edinburgh, yeah. and you were, I believe, the first black woman to yeah. ever be shortlisted for the, the biggest award yeah, at Edinburgh. In common, Comedy. it's yeah. like probably
3: the most prestigious award in comedy it's uh the edinburgh comedy award and people like monty python have been nominated yeah so and i it, became it the took first
2: till
0: 2019 <laughs> for a black, for a black woman british woman to be, woman. To yeah. be nominated yeah.
3: crazy but yeah with a show called
2: to catch a dick it's, it's hysterical it's an i love doing the show and the show's going great everyone seems to be loving it and it's, i really love the feminist message of you and your hodom. Thank you. I think it's very empowering. I loved watching the video of your mother having to watch this show in which you are so explicit about yes. sitting on faces yes. and sucking dicks. Yes. Um I also think that with Valentine's Day around the corner, uh, a lot of people Ooh. a lot of people this have might had be a reckoning. The worst
3: Valentine's Day in the history of It's going to be bad it's going to Life. be bad
2: because last last Valentine's Day we d- we didn't know how serious yeah, it was yeah well, I was I we still had a good time also people like knew that a lockdown was coming and they were banging like it was just right. before the second world war right so 100% it was different it was included. different yeah I yep. mean everyone was yep. uh, my friend one of my best friends said that she was like an everyday six but a pandemic nine and Ooh, suddenly men who she considered out of her death 100% out of- <laughs>
3: that's how I saw in LA in LA I'm like a nine because like, I've got a British
2: accent I'm like a unicorn out here I love it and I think and in fact, I know this because a lot of my friends are thinking, I did not have enough sex. Yep, I didn't have enough sex with enough people, <laughs> and I feel as though <laughs> Hodum is back. I want in it a to big be. way, and I and maybe you are the. Can I be the like the queen of it? The
3: the who's like a the Pied Piper. I am the Pied Piper of pussies. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> ladies, liberate yourselves. Indeed. Liberate your vision. Um, when did
2: your When did your sexual freedom? Begin. Do you
3: know, know what? It, do you know the reason why I'm so happily a hoe is because it began late. So I was that girl that like, genu- so I lost my virginity at 18, mm-hmm. and I only lost it because my friends told me that I couldn't start uni a virgin. So they were like, you can't start uni a virgin. You've got to lose it. So. I, I wasn't like, I wasn't holding on to it, but it's just that I wanted it to, to be like it was in the movies. And my friends were like, "My, fr- I have friends who have lost their virginities in car parks. So They're like, it's not going to be like it is in the mm-hmm. movies. Just get it over and done with. Mm-hmm. And I remember when it happened, I was like, what's the big deal? Why was I holding on to it and making it so sacred? Like, it's a bit of fun. It was over in two minutes. I think I was watching X Factor when I did it. It was just like, cool. And then I didn't do it for a while. And then I think maybe in my late, No, early to mid-twenties, that's when my hoe phase started. And it was great. I think it's so important for women to have hoe phases. I have friends and family members that have only slept with two people, one of them, their husband. And I'm like, how? You're going to hit 50 and think, fuck, I need to hoe it out. But you've got a husband and kids and you can't do it. I just think we've got one life that we know of to live. Yeah,
2: and look, everyone's different. No, S- no, some, of, some of us, some of us have only, some of us no, have only had sex with five people. No, you got her right? out. No, no some, but some of us have. I'm, I'm And, shaming and, and maybe you for they're that. with, maybe they're with, with the person they're probably going to be with forever. You know, well, so maybe it's all right for some no, of us.
3: You're going to have, you're gonna no. tell him that you're going to have a whole phase. You're going to have a separation period where you can fuck and he can fuck.
2: No, I don't think. I don't think that's for me. Not because I don't like. I don't because I don't like it. Oh, I you just don't like, know you don't like it. Well, no, I've had sex with some people. Some. So, all. You need to have sex with all the people. You know, I'm so, like, I'm so sort of desperate to up my number that um, I asked Manny Jacinto, who's my co-star on The Good Place, we have a kiss that's truly just like a, mm, no tongues, and I've asked him if I can count his, him as number no, seven on my list. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. Fuck you, London. That's not real. No. That's not real. <laughs> well, I'm also his seventh kiss, so no, it was a mutual exchange no, from no, both of us. no,
3: no, no. I Fuck. think you have to, that's ridiculous. I just think, no, everyone's different. Everyone likes sex when they want, but I just don't think women should be shamed in sex. 100% it. And that's that amazing. I so agree with. And yeah. I've been shamed my, pretty much when I was at university and I was talking about Kingston University Uncovered, the Facebook page. Yeah. I was called a hoe. At that time, I wasn't a hoe. There were real hoes out there going undiscovered, but I. <laughs> <laughs> under the Hoda. Under the hoda. Yeah. But I was actually the face of hodom. And I would read all this stuff about me saying, like, I slept with all all these guys in a in a little car park and I did this and I did that as if you were- not do it in an m and Like exactly. a real lady. Little, like, and I remember thinking, <laughs> I wish, because I'm going to get called a hoe anyway. Yeah. I wish I actually had done all of this stuff. Yeah, so yeah. when I left university, I was like, I'm going to just do whatever I want when it comes to sex. Because I've been that girl that wasn't having sex and got called a hoe. So I might as well have sex if I'm going to get called a hoe anyway. 100%. So that's where I feel like the liberation came from. But then also, I... Didn't like guys talk about sex so much. Like, oh yeah, I fucked her, and I'm just like, why can't we do the same? And that's what I feel like to catch a dick is It's me just owning my sexuality and the sex stuff I've done, so that other women don't feel shame about their sexual exploits. Yeah, and I've got like abortion jokes in there. Well, one abortion joke in there, and it's my favorite abortion joke because it's true. And I've had women come up to me after I've performed it that are like, oh my god, you've made me feel good about talking about my abortion because I felt like it was a bad thing I couldn't say yeah. but you're you on stage saying that you would have an abortion makes me feel okay to tell you about my abortion yeah. and now it's not a secret and it's not a thing I'm holding on to that makes me feel shame it's actually a thing where it's so actually part of women's lives and it's a thing that can yeah, happen yeah I talk about
2: mine all the time but shut up about my yeah, body but this is the thing
3: yeah. if it's not for people like us saying it other people
2: will feel like they no, can't they carry care about unnecessary it. shame. I also just yeah. what I was saying is that I love your I love your sexually liberated uh I'd love your sexually liberated um attitude. I think it's really really refreshing. I loved seeing a woman talk about that in such a like a fun, <laughs> joyous <laughs> way. Yes. You know, because often when we hear about women who have a lot of sex, they're they're presented as a kind of the train wreck. You know, they're a mess. Thank you. We have this put together woman. Your hair looks great. Your makeup looks great. You are on top of life. You are in control. Your name is in lights. You are you are not a mess. No. You are no one's sub story. No. You are a glorious glorious dick catcher bad bitch dick catcher yeah love that and it sounds we should be celebrating it exactly we should be celebrating it sex is such an important thing and I'm sure while I currently don't have regrets I'm saying currently now because you're you're taunting about when I'm 50 (laughs) but like I don't have regrets but I do know that I definitely started late because I felt like a stigma
3: yeah and same, and that's why I did it that's why I've been that girl that's been so open about sex I've always been open about sex Like the whole, because I just, there's no point in being, we've got one life.
2: I read all this stuff up, right? I read all this stuff up. I've seen a bunch of your stuff. I swear I have you talking about at 14, learning about different types of blowjobs. Is that my mistake?
3: At 14, yes, I was learning about different types of blowjobs. you weren't giving them? I was, I was very
2: into them. So you were giving them? No,
3: I wasn't, I didn't have anyone to stick to suck. Right. But I was sucking everything I could. Whether it was bananas, right or whatever. Table in I was legs deep throat in so that when the time came to suck a dick i
2: was prepared yeah what i was doing was are you are you amazing i know
3: i am so
2: good i can sense you can tell right i can't oh my god
3: (laughs) every guy whose dick i've ever sucked has told me that i am the top dick sucker like and it's i'm so happy that amazing. is i'm so proud and because i don't have a gag reflex as well it's kind of like what do
2: you mean you don't have a gag reflex so i found
3: out right at a young age, because a dentist told me that what I... What d- was your dentist doing? Exactly. So here's the thing. You know when we were had to, we had to brush our teeth and we had to brush the back of our tongue? The, the, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was yeah, a whole yeah. thing, like brush your tongue. I was brushing my teeth so much that I decided to brush my tongue to see if I could get rid of the bacteria. And the toothbrush got stuck in my throat and I couldn't hook <laughs> it out. And I told the, a dentist about that. And he said, it seems like you have no gag reflex. You'll appreciate that later in life oh
2: my god and I had no idea what a gag reflex was I just knew I didn't have one I'm like what are those comments I've, I'm very very bendy because I've got ehlers danlos syndrome and one day a doctor was sort of seeing how far back my leg could go just because he was testing out like my sort of hip reflex and my leg bent all the way back behind my head and he was like you're gonna make a man very happy See? one
3: day I was 15 Perfect. yeah I was fat. Pervy dentists and doctors. That is unbelievable. So in my head, I was like, I have no, I, I have no gag reflex. I didn't know what gag reflex really Jesus. was, no. but it wasn't until I sucked my first proper dick that a guy and this guy was, he, he, I guess he thought he had a big dick, and when he put it in my mouth, it disappeared like a sweetie, and he was like. <laughs> I'm sorry. (laughs) He was just a bit in shock that a girl could make his dick disappear like that. And that's when I knew, you know, I'm top tier. But...
2: That is amazing.
3: I feel like there's loads of girls out there that probably, like, you know... They want to be good at sucking dicks, but they don't want to openly ask, like, "How do I suck a good dick?" Because there's so much taboo in women wanting to be good. So, at who were you dick. asking? Do you ask the man? My friends. So, the, in so in my stand up, I talk about the the A team. Yeah. A stands for anal, and they're a group of girls that were just they were doing it right. They were showing me how to suck dick. They mm-hmm. were showing me what to do, what mm-hmm. this and what not to do, and I learned everything about sex from my friends.
2: So, you talk about the seagull. Tell me about the seagull. <laughs> That's the seagull Say more things So basically
3: <laughs> I suck it so well My nickname yeah. Was the seagull
2: what, what When So
3: I'm like 16, 17 now
2: So you are actually sucking dick? I'm actually now. sucking dick now And people are telling you that you're...
3: Guys, not people, men, boys are telling me that I'm the seagull. And And so where does the
2: sound come in? Is that the sound uh, they uh, make? That's
3: the sound I pretend to make because I don't have a gag reflex. So I'm going... uh, 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 Oh, my God, you're faking. Oh, my God. (laughs)
1: Because
3: I don't have a gag reflex, so I'm pretending. Oh, my God. And because seagulls swallow it
2: whole... Derek I guess. That's where it comes from. That is amazing. And it's okay. great. Okay, um, talk to me about the ice cream trick. Okay, there's a trick. <laughs> that I God, found... we have gone through an emotional roller coaster on the,
3: this podcast so th- episode. So if you <laughs> watch to catch the dick, if you don't watch it for the jokes, watch it for the tips because I have a whole bit where I talk about yeah. the mm. tricks mm. and tips that I learnt in, in my late teenage years about sucking dick and sex and the ice cream trick was one of them. Apparently... Ice cream was an aphrodisiac. I didn't know that.
2: Really? Uh, yeah. So guys... Both, both my producer and I both perked up. Yeah. I've we had no idea.
3: So when you're... I, I was dating this guy who... He had a problem with... He would just—it would be too much pressure for him to keep uh, right. erection. Yeah, and sometimes that happens. Yeah, and what you do is you go and get ice cream. You give them ice cream. So imagine you're about,
2: a guy. Wait, about do you to, give them, or do you give it to their dick? No, that's understand. how you get yeast infection. No, you give it to him. Oh, right. So <laughs> give
3: him ice cream. Something happens for the the dick brain and the brain brain align, and you've got about 18, 19 seconds of. Strong dick, and you can jump on that, ride that into the night. And that is what happens. Ice cream trick. I don't know why. I don't know why, but every time. Is this
2: only happened this one time with you, or have you heard that this is not No, on I've to been told this other by
3: other people, and I tried it on my boyfriend at the time, and it worked.
2: That is amazing. That is so, yeah, fascinating. Ice cream
3: straight out of the freezer. Don't like, don't play around. He's, he's about to go in, it goes limp, run to the freezer, get the ice cream, give him the ice cream, give him about a minute, he'll be back. He'll be ready to go again. Fascinating. I don't know why. I think it's the sugar, the cold, Every.
2: I don't know. Yeah, there was that swimmer who like swam the freezing cold tunnel and then had a semi and there was nothing he could do about it while he's collecting yeah. his medal on, on national television. Yeah, Hysterical. it
3: happens. So the ice cream, the ice cream trick is... I've, I've done the show so many times and I get so many tweets from older couples yeah. about the ice cream trick.
2: Oh, that is fascinating. And then finally tell me about the Gucci handbag.
3: Yeah, the Gucci. So... Obviously, there's a part in a man's life uh,
2: that's sensitive. It's a little strip. Not, a part, a part, not just a part in a man's life. There's a part of a man's body in between his balls and his asshole. Yes. It's, in America, they call it the taint. The taint. Right. Which is terrible. It feels terrible. I, feel ter- I Terrible. Terrible word. Terrible word. call it the gooch. Right.
3: And uh, I discovered that if you lick that gooch... Right. ...any grown man becomes your bitch. Like...
2: Literally, like that I'm obsessed with you.
3: Like, I the the manness, the 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 masculinity just flies out of his body. It's beautiful to witness. It's that I've seen the hardest men, the most macho masculine men get reduced to tiny lesbian puppies. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> it's so like I don't know, I can't describe it, but they become so so. So, just, it just lets me know that we are all fluid and no one is 100% masculine or 100% feminine because I have seen the most masculine men become tiny, dainty,
2: beautiful lesbian pri- puppies.
3: Yeah. Oh and they're just God. so little beautiful princesses and they're just like Aah! and the noise that comes out of their mouths I've never heard before and they don't know because they've never experienced <laughs> it before so they're scared and you just feel so much power as a woman that you've made a man do that like just Aah! as a Aah! and convulse in a mess and that is what Licking the Gucci does and I call that a Gucci handbag because every girl deserves a Gucci handbag
2: oh I fucking love you <laughs> you are so So fun! Everyone should go out and watch to catch a dick. As as she said, if you're not doing it for the laughs, do it for the tips. Do it for the tips. You'll leave a better lover and a happier person, and for sure in love with London Hughes. I am. I. (laughs) (laughs) I. This. I'm uh, I'm rarely left speechless, but you've done it. We have been through so much together.
3: I cried in front of you. You did. Again,
2: yeah, second time I've cried in front of you now. I know. I don't know. We're actually friends in real life. I nice know that. That's it. Yeah, it's that's official. It. It's only been a week. Exactly.
3: That's it. It's literally a week, it's right? A, you make me cry. It's you. <laughs> I'm, I'm a bad bitch, and then I'm around oh, you, no. and I'm a hot mess. No, but yeah, no. Please, just if if like I love that we've been able to talk about this, and I please do more. I know you do so much, but please continue stuff like this because it's so important to talk just freely and openly. And I've never really been able, some of the things we discussed today, I've never been able to do on a podcast because, uh-huh. you know, there's always a theme. We have to drink a shot in between it or <laughs> <laughs> we've got to do a, solve a murder mystery.
2: No, I like to to come on and cry at 11am. Yeah, that's what. it was I'm, so
3: confitant and I'm for. so <laughs> glad I did it. And
2: I'm very honoured. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for sharing. I mean, the, the, these are the conversations we have. Last year just sort of kicked the door open on all of our hearts. And I feel yeah. as though this is the year to now take that. And turn it into something. Yeah. Like let's now let's start just running at change. Yeah. Individual change, cultural change, climate fucking change. All like the fucking that's just change. all the big changes. Sex change. Exactly, exactly. Every change. Any kind of change you are desiring. So, London, before you go off with your busy life to continue <laughs> just smashing America not even breaking it, um, will you tell me what do you weigh? I weigh my
3: positivity and how I somehow miraculously come back and bounce back and never, ever, ever let anything fully get me down. Um, I also weigh my gag reflex because I am top tier at sucking dick and that's very important. And the bigger than that, I weigh leaving a legacy. That's all I want to do. I want to be the young black girl I never saw on TV growing up. And that's why I do what I do. So that's why I weigh.
2: Love that. <laughs> Love that. Love you. And I'm so happy that you're here. Thanks for opening your heart and, uh, and no and your and and your, your sex book for us all. Thank you very much. No You've worries. done a great service. Also, can
3: I, while I'm here, can I just plug everything I want because I'm on so many. <laughs> She's all over the place. Oh, so please, if you're a fan, if you liked what you heard, just like, please watch The Catch A Dick on Netflix, streaming now. Please also watch The Netflix After Party, which is Netflix's first ever chat show hosted by myself, Fortune Fiendstone, David Spade, streaming now. And please watch The History of Swear Words, which is a fun show uh, hosted by Nicolas Cage but I make very funny appearances streaming now and just live your best lives and uh, that's about it do it all yay thank you for having me love you
2: Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I weigh with Jamila Jamil is produced and researched by myself, Jamila Jamil, Erin Finnegan, and Kimmy Gregory. It is edited by Andrew Carson, and the beautiful music that you're hearing now is made by my boyfriend, James Blake. If you haven't already, please rate, review, and subscribe. To the show. It's a great way to show your support. I really appreciate it and it amps me up to bring on better and better guests. Lastly, at iWeigh, we would love to hear from you and share what you weigh at the end of this podcast. You can leave us a voicemail at 1 818 660 5543 or email us what you weigh at iWeighpodcast at gmail.com. It's not in pounds and kilos, so please don't send that. It's all about your just, you, you know, you've been on the Instagram. Anyway, and now. We would love to pass the mic to one of our listeners. I weigh being Latina and Hispanic and my passions of science and music. I weigh my ongoing mission to be an ally to any person oppressed in today's society. I weigh my Catholic faith and being a good sister, daughter and friend. I weigh embracing myself and being a headstrong, passionate and hardworking teenage feminist. Above all, I weigh a person trying her best to improve the world we live in and much more.